Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I interview movement enthusiasts to find out who they are, what they do, and why they do it. In this episode, Lynn Jung discusses Brighton, what it means to her, and how moving there affected her life. She unpacks how she approaches training, her movement background, and her journey of injury and recovery over the past few years. Lynn shares how she came to free running, her current projects, and her involvement with Storm Free Run and X Dubai. Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hello. Lynn Jung is a professional parkour athlete and coach and the sole female member of the renowned Storm Free Run. Originally from Luxembourg, her diverse movement background includes gymnastics, dance, and circus, in addition to parkour. Lynn performs and competes around the world and is a sponsored athlete with X Dubai. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you. Lynn, I had a chance to see you and some of your friends on the beach a little bit, and some of them mm-hmm. were working on flips and things. And it was really, I think it's a privilege to get to go and visit people that we interview. And I'm wondering, can you share a little bit of how you think of Brighton and the people that you train with? I know you have a close-knit group of uh, friends. And can you just unpack that for people who are listening to get a feel for like what, what is Lynn doing on a daily basis? Uh, so Brighton for me pretty much means now my second home or maybe even my first home it's a place that i come back to after traveling or after working abroad that feels very much like home um because i have a group of friends here that i really enjoy hanging out with and those friends mostly happen to be free runners as well so they have exactly the same lifestyle as i do uh their schedule is very flexible the same way mine is so we actually get to like hang out during the day and come up with fun stuff to do especially today the weather is so nice so it's just like a very normal thing to go to the beach or hang out and see where uh, the day takes us and where we end up so Brighton very much is a place where I feel super comfortable and just know that I'm around people that I like being around. So I think on the other side of that there would be I'm guessing sort of a more hardcore Lynn or how do you train when you know you have like a specific goal or a project coming up? So normally I always have goals. Some are more short-term, some are more, some are more long-term. And I usually don't, even during those periods, it's not like, okay, now I'm just going to work for this goal to, mm-hmm. to reach. It's always still like a kind of fun side to it. I do have a routine though, I'd say in Brighton where I get up in the morning uh, get my stuff done out of the way that I need to do email work whatever admin I have to do I do go to gym as well because I am currently recovering from an injury so going to gym and actually working hard in gym is not actually the most fun thing to do Uh, I still enjoy it but it is like the work work side of it Mm -hmm. and yeah so that is at the moment that's my goal pretty much is to recover from my my injury get strong and work really hard towards it but that also means that the people I hang out with might have similar goals so we can go to gym together as Mm -hmm. well Uh, so it's not a thing that I do on my own it's a very personal thing and it's very um I think individual especially an injury you struggle with that injury on your like yourself um alone but at the same time I'm surrounded by people who might as well have a goal where they need to go to gym too and so yeah is there anything that you're currently struggling with? And I mean that in a very broad sense. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be like a physical challenge or... or... Mm-hmm. 
I'd say looking back on the past year since moving to Brighton, I struggled with a lot of things. Um, first, when I moved here, I didn't really like being here. Um, I lived in Austria before moving to England and um, Innsbruck, the city I lived in, mm-hmm. was pretty much the most beautiful place I could Im- imagine living. The weather is always nice or mostly nice, even if it's winter and it's cold, the sun is still out. Uh, you can go snowboarding, skiing, whatever you want. Um, it's a very outdoorsy city. And then I moved to England where I didn't know anyone other than my boyfriend, which I think is a very hard situation to be in because you don't always just want to spend time with one person. You need to have a broader uh, network of people, which was hard to build at first. Um, also because I'm not the most outgoing person. I'm quite shy, um, very talkative once I know people. But if I don't know people, I might seem a little bit distant. So building a network in, in Brighton was actually hard. And to be honest, I did struggle a lot with the weather. It was very, very rainy for the first six months. And all I wanted to do was train. And there's no indoor gyms for parkour right, in Brighton. Right. So for me, that was literally the that was a nightmare. I moved to a city to train and progress in my sport. And I, I couldn't do any um, of that. And then eventually got used to being here and I now really love it. But then I had new struggles coming up as I got injured. So I got injured and that kept me from actually training. And the injury that I had is called a anterior tibial cortex fracture, which means that the front of your tibia is broken, but only halfway through. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, it doesn't sound all too bad. It's just a stra- stress fracture. Um, but other than most fractures, those fractures are very high risk and prone to not heal, like, or partially heal. So that took me about two years. I actually got my test results, new test results last week saying that clinically I'm actually fully recovered from it. Uh, I still feel pain, but it's something I can now work with at least. So that was a massive struggle that I had over the past two years while living in Brighton, but also brought really good things. It forced me to be a little bit more open to other things other than like not just parkour because I well I was very focused on parkour it was my life it was what I wanted to do it still is but this forced me to start yoga go diving enjoy days on the beach because before that I didn't really before uh, moving here I was so focused on training that going to the beach would have been a waste of time a little bit um so yeah I think you're a particularly good person to ask for little details of like, do you keep uh, a training journal or like, how do you keep track of what you're doing? Because there are a lot of people who, who don't have access to high level athletes and, and they're mm-hmm. wondering like, okay, I'm, I'm weightlifting and I'm running and they're just trying to figure mm-hmm. out like, how do I program this stuff? So do you do your own programming? Do you do programming or do you just go out and do what moves you? Or just like, can you unpick a little bit yeah. about like how, how you do your training? Um, so I'd, I'd say, Looking at my background, where I'm coming from, I was born into a family of athletes and gymnasts. My mom was a gymnast. She was my coach. Um, I've trained at a high level from a young age up until the age of 11. So I think body conditioning wise, like body weight exercises, I have a good knowledge of what I need to do to get my body strong um, in order to take some like certain impacts or to get reach a goal where I want to go, uh, if that's flip wise or whatever, anything that I need to learn. I think I have a good understanding. Body awareness comes with uh, the experience of dance, I think I've done. But really, 
only the past two years I've actually thought about my training in a different way where I want to supplement it with um, lifting and strength training specifically to increase power for parkour, which seems to be a very weird place to start because I had a broken leg and it's not very easy to increase your strength while having an injury. So I had to work around that a lot. Um, I also had a lot of pain, so I couldn't actually do anything with my legs and I could only work my upper body. So I did do my own programming, which was basically basically just from own experience, but then also there's so much information online. There's so much crappy information you can find online, but if you have <laughs> yes. a basic knowledge, um, I think, of movement and um, your body, I think you can maybe find the good sources. So that's what I worked with. I also started yoga by myself. So I, I bought like an online yoga course, then started going into courses and so on. But that only worked like a year. And then I thought, okay, maybe I actually need to to work with someone who has a better idea um, of how to now get my, my legs stronger again, because I could start to, start to um, do um, lifts and actually carry weight. So I got in touch with a guy called Tom Taylor from Exeter. Uh, he's a friend of mine, so I actually knew him before. And a lot of parkour athletes work with him. He's spe- specialized in weight training specifically to increase power for athletes, but not just power, also actually the ability for your body to take impact. So it's like very much... Both sides, right? Both, yeah, the exp- exactly. expansive and contractive. Exactly. So it's not just, okay, this is going to get you powerful. It's like, this is going to get you powerful, but also safe, uh, which seemed like a very good way to go. So uh, beginning of this year, I started doing that program. Uh, it's not the only thing I do. I still keep doing whatever I think or I feel is right for my body, supplementing with his program. Um, and I definitely do see the difference now i think it's much better to have someone else do a program for you because you don't really have to think about it you just go to gym uh, or wherever you do your your training and you just kind of without having to think about it and think of oh is this right what i'm doing you just trust another person uh you trust the process and i really do enjoy that it might not work for everyone to work like that but i find for me it does work so I have like a fixed routine at the moment of going to gym at least three times a week to do that program. And when it comes to parkour training, I just, I have goals that I want to reach. So I have things, I get very stubborn about things. If I have a challenge in mind that I want to do, but I can't physically yet do it or mentally, I will prepare myself to like work towards that goal, um, but still in a fun way. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to go out there and just train to get that Bang goal. At it, right? Yeah. It's, it's still like, I'm going to do other things, but I have my mind set to it very like strongly. And I'm not the type of person who like forgets about that. I'm, I'm still going to be like, okay, at some point I'm going to get a challenge, but I know that I'll have to work hard for it and I will find ways to get closer to being able to do that. I think. I really like your perspective on that, looking at all the different things and then finding, oh, here's a piece where I need help and then seeking specific assistance for that. I think that's a very wise way to do things. I'm wondering, hypothetically, if you could go back five years and give yourself advice, you know, what would you, what might you have said to the five year ago, Lynn, knowing like that the injury was coming and that the move to Brighton was coming and all, like knowing everything you know now, what, what might you have said? And also, would you have listened? I would also like to yeah. know. 
I probably wouldn't have listened. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have listened, but I'm I'm pretty happy with how everything turned out after I took the decision to move to Brighton. The way my career went, um, I mean, professionally, I make a living from free running, uh, even throughout the injury and everything. So I think that is going really, really well. An advice I would give to myself would be to rest. I've been given that advice by close friends and people that know me and have seen me train. And I had trouble knowing when to stop and when to take a break um, and would often train through pain and injury, maybe because that's what I knew from gymnastics and dance and my injuries have never been that bad that I had to completely stop. So definitely knowing how important rest actually is for your body and how beneficial it is. And it's not like a, oh, now I haven't done anything today, so I feel guilty because actually I should have used that time to train and become better and now I see rest as something that's very beneficial and very important and I do enjoy it now but five years ago I did not enjoy it so much so I didn't do it. You clearly have a a very long and varied background in movement and we've touched on a little bit in the intro and I'm just wondering can you tell me a little bit about maybe some of the advantages that you see as having had that really deep gymnastics background and then moving through a little bit of silks and things. Can you just tell me a little bit what you think you've gotten from all that? And and maybe if you can share uh, maybe like some shortcuts for people who have been listening. So somebody who missed the chance mm-hmm. to start gymnastics at six. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did um, start training at a very young age, actually before I even remember. Uh, so I pretty much grew up in the gym, um, which I think had a lot of benefits. It ha- has its downsides. But one of the benefits definitely is that you develop a certain awareness of how your body moves. Um, You also gain knowledge on how to train your body purely, just literally what do I have to do to become this strong or what do I have to do to be able to take this impact and not uh, injure myself. I moved from gymnastics into dance purely because I didn't like the discipline, maybe not the discipline you need to have in gymnastics, but just... It got to a point where I was in the Luxembourgish national team and we would have to go on a scale um, every time, like get our weight uh, taken before training, which I think if you're 11 years old is very damaging. And it was for me as well. You start having a very twisted relationship with food at a very young age. And I think a lot of people who are in that situation actually struggle with eating disorders later on. I think I quit early enough for me not to be affected very much, but still it's like training gymnastics is very different from what I do now and how I enjoy movement now. Um, I did go on to dance afterwards, which was out of choice, but also I had a lot of other things that I wanted to do at that age that my mom just wouldn't let me. Uh, I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to go boxing. Um, and my mom thought that weren't the right sports for me. So when I picked ballet, which was also my list of things that I wanted to try, she was really happy about that and gave me uh, the okay to try that. I stuck with it. Just dance in general fascinates me. It's I wouldn't call it a sport, even though everyone who's a dancer is an athlete, but I would call it more like an art form. I do love art, but I'm very untalented when it comes to anything um, singing, drawing, creating stuff. But when it comes to moving with my body, I think I'm, I'm all right, or at least I enjoyed enough to put in the effort. So I did that for, um, well, actually, until I started free running, I kept doing it, even when I started my free running training as well. But while I was a dancer, 
I, w- I wouldn't have considered myself as an athlete because I was incredibly weak. Um, I lost all the strengths that I had gained as a gymnast. I also wasn't very interested in training my body properly the way an athlete would train their body. I was also a teenager, then went to uni, had definitely different priorities. So when I started with free running, because it also sounds, if you grow up doing so many different sports, people just assume that you've always been strong and you started somewhere mm-hmm. very high up. But the, when I started free running, I couldn't do a single pull-up. Um, I was very weak. Um, I, my body still remembered how to do most flips. So I could chuck my body into a foam pit and somehow kind of land on my feet and feel great about it. But I wasn't actually fully in, in control of my body. But I think that body awareness that you learn at a very young age is still there and it's easier to get it like actually properly back again and to train your body again to use all that information that you've gotten as a kid. Um, but there was a time definitely where I was, wasn't really into sports. And even as I think as a dancer, you are an athlete, but only if you train like an athlete. And I, when I was at uni, I would go to dance classes twice a week, maybe none uh, if I was too tired or just had something better to do. So, yeah, so it's only when you then get back into training. I, it was a very conscious decision of, okay, now I want to train as an athlete again. And even my first two years of free running were more like just showing up and doing st- like flips into the foam pit. Uh, not It's not that I didn't want to put in the effort, but I just maybe was lacking the motivation um, and had to see other people put in the effort and then think, this is what I want to do. And then I actually took the decision to train differently. And I think I forgot what the initial question was, but oh, I hope I didn't take it too far. Fine. You, no, it's perfectly fine. Um, I'm going to ask, of course, who um, were the, was the person or the people that you think... Um, like who were the guide stars that pulled you out of, and, and maybe it was a confluence of leaving uni and not having a ballet school, but I'm just wondering like, uh, okay, so what was it that pulled you in the direction of free running? Was it certain people? So it's a very emotional story actually that pulled me to free running. I used to be more drawn to dancing. I like going to my dance classes and then lost my dad uh, to illness and I did want to continue dancing, but it was just too emotional, especially the type of dance I was doing um, was like contemporary dance, lyrical dance. So it's very kind of expressing your feelings through movement. And I couldn't really handle all that like grief in that way. Going to free running classes was completely different. It was more like I go there and I could get away from all the emotions I had and be surrounded by people that had a very positive uh, attitude and just look on life so I made friends there really quickly and it's also easy to make friends in free running because um, if you go to dance classes you go there you don't really talk to anyone because the music starts and maybe in between those two like where the music stops and a new a new song plays during the warm-up you can like catch up really quickly on what happened on the weekend for like a minute and maybe be shouted at or not shouted at but be shushed (laughs) Um, and then then that's it it's not very social but going to free running was a very social experience so I would even go there on days that I didn't fancy training but just to hang out and be around people and the first two years as I said was very just kind of like for fun and then and I was doing both at the same so as in time wise um, I started free running before I lost my dad but it was more like a thing I did for fun with friends but not really seriously and then afterwards I, th- I found that that was the best way for me to deal with grief uh, I shifted away which is also what explains maybe that I took this on as my career 
because I was at uni at the time and I was very ambitious. I was a very good uh, student and uni and my grades were really important to me. Um, after my dad died, it became very like unimportant. It's not that I thought it was not important, but it was just something that didn't seem as good as doing movement. Like movement just felt like this is what I need to do in life because it feels like right for me. So I shifted my focus from sitting at a desk and doing research to going to training and then eventually meeting my boyfriend through parkour as well. And he was already making a living from it. So that's how I realized that it was possible because I didn't even know it was possible to make a living from it. But once that idea got stuck in my head that actually this could be my career and this could be how I live my life for the next maybe 10 years, I actively started working towards that goal which is also one of the main reasons why i moved to england lena are there any projects that you're working on now either you know professionally or just passion side projects like let's let's kind of get a picture what you're doing today and over the next six months so i think for the next time or maybe summer i want to focus a little bit on being in brighton and getting back into training properly enjoying uh, summer in brighton because it's very very lovely I do have some projects coming up uh, this month, actually, and next month as well, which are like shows and commercial work in Europe. But I might be going to America in June. It's not 100% confirmed yet, but that would be a mix of training, going to events and also work um, out there, which I'd be very excited about. But as is usual for this job, until you actually have your flight tickets, nothing is actually (laughs) happening as I was meant to go to a trip uh, through South, well, not South Africa, all of Africa ending in South Africa, uh, starting beginning of June. And I just got cancelled three days ago. So that was my plan. That plan did not happen. So now I feel like um, it opened up to like, I can actually use this time and train. Uh, I still have to take it really, really easy with training, but it is my main project is to get back into training. I really want to learn how to film and edit this year. Um, my side hobby or one of my biggest hobbies probably is photography. I do enjoy photography and sitting like down and editing photos, but I've never actually taken the time to learn how to like actually film clips in a nice way and then edit them, which is my big project for this year. And we're half year in 2019 already and I haven't done so yet, but I will (laughs) hopefully before Christmas have a little project that I've actually filmed and edited. I think people would be really excited to see that. Um, And so, okay, so that's like six months a year. Maybe where do you see yourself in five years or 10 years or 15 years? How far out can you see? Ah, that's so hard because I can't really see that far. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's a very common question, um, especially for people who do have uh, I'd say a normal job, like a, a very secure, safe job, um, which they can do um, up until a high age. They usually wonder, but what are you going to do once your body can't do this anymore? And like for now, I think like, I mean, I haven't been able to train properly for the past two years and yet it's still my job. And that's worked out very well. It's worked out very well. I don't know how I managed to, but I'm not complaining. I'm very happy about it. I do know though that there's like a, an end date to be a professional athlete um, the way I am now. I do think I will always be involved with movement. My main income comes from commercial work. And I know that it is a good time at the moment to be a woman in the sport 
um, if you want to pursue it as a career because it is very in fashion to book a female athlete in a sport that is male dominant because it is just the time we're living in. Like right. you can do this girl. Um, so it's fortunate for me, but I do know that when I maybe turn 35, that maybe my look is not going to be what commercials want to see or what people want to see in commercials. I don't have a very, like very precise backup plan. I'm not sure exactly where life will take me. I don't even know if I want to live in Brighton forever, even though at the moment it looks like I'm actually going to settle down here um, for a bit at least. I've always thought I wanted to open a gym um, at some point in my life and just coach and just run, or maybe if I even don't coach, but run the gym ideally, which is very costly and very scary as well because renting a warehouse to build a parkour gym is a little bit different to renting a little studio to do yoga, which is also one of my list of things that I would, I think, really enjoy doing. So through this injury, I got into yoga and I've seen benefits to my, maybe not to my health, but just like my mental well-being. And I could actually see myself at the age of 40 or 50 just being dressed like a hippie in a little studio teaching uh, yoga <laughs> to kids maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I'm very open to other things. Um, I could also see myself doing something completely different, but it would never be a desk job. I, I'm very certain about that. I also know that what I studied is not going to really ever be used in my professional life. <laughs> I think I was aware of that before I started studying. I just purely did it out of um, curiosity, but I don't think I would ever put it to use, which is very sad for my mom um, because she was really hoping for me to maybe go a little bit of a different career path than what I'm on right now. But yes, I'd say those are my main maybe kind of plans, but they could always change. And photography is a big hobby of mine. I've been asked to do some photography jobs um, in the past and I've always said or most of the times said no to it because I don't want it to be my job I want it to be my hobby but if uh, it was to become my my job then that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world I think. Lynn is there anything else that you want to talk about I know we haven't even touched on storm free running specifically we've mentioned it very briefly but is there anything else you want to share? Yeah sure I mean storm is such a big part of my life um, has become over the past three years I moved to the UK and wasn't part of Storm yet. So when I moved here, I was I moved here as this like individual athlete. Um, and then shortly after, I got asked uh, by the team if I wanted to join them. I was friends with all of them beforehand, so I knew everyone. Um, but still, I was very happy to actually be officially um, part of the team, as it's one of the teams that I used to watch the videos of with my sister um, and be very inspired by the athletes. I loved how they made their videos like their videos were always really progressive not just in terms of the movement but also how they were made and how much effort went into the filming and editing and so yeah now it's um actually a big a group of friends we're not all based in brighton so three of us are based in brighton a few are based in exeter and a few are based in london and cambridge but we do get together quite regularly and we do travel together so often we have projects like the latest project we had was um, Storm Madrid where three well, in total five athletes flew to um, Madrid for a filming project 
I was just there because I wanted to be, but I wasn't actually doing anything in front or behind the camera other than taking a few photos. But um, Kai was filming and there was um, Ed, Joe and Tim that were the athletes of the video. And it was very inspiring and motivating to see them create lines for the video. And I think if you watch the video, it is amazing. But if you're actually there and you see how much effort goes into it and how much emotion all of the athletes went through before and during filming those lines and how harsh they were on their bodies at some times, it's actually incredible. And it's just something I'm very proud to be a part of and involved with. And every athlete in the team has such a, or brings something so distinct, like very special to the team. Like we work really hard to create a clothing brand and that is so much work in itself just to I mean, come up with the idea of what do you, what um, type of clothing do we want to have for the next, let's say, winter or summer line? How many of those do we have to, or can we produce even who would buy that? Just going through all the things that you have to think about that are like business side of, of the team is very interesting. And I've grown a lot. I started my own little project within the clothing side of things which was storm women um in times of injury because i thought well that gives me something to do and something to work towards and we didn't have any clothing specifically for women even though most is unisex but if we say unisex we all know that is actually made for men and women also fit in it because they're small enough too um so i thought it would be nice to have a line just for women even if it was really small just to show appreciation for all the women that are actually in the sport because I think it is not even though it's a very welcoming community it is actually hard as a woman to be in a sport that is so male dominant so I did that and I mean Storm gave me all the uh, freedom to work with that which was great and then I learned so much in terms of camera and even photography just everything really like creating art because it's not not just about the movement it's really about creating something that is so pleasing to the eye regardless of what the moves are that are in the video uh, which I really enjoy so it allows me to combine things that I'm passionate about that are so different and yet work together so well in the team and I hope I can bring uh, something to the team as well so I'm very happy to be involved and um, I think we have a good team of athletes and I'm very excited that we have more projects coming up this summer. Lynn, before we wrap up, I mm-hmm. mentioned in the introduction that you're, I don't know how to like put it, like working for part of engaged in the X Dubai project. And I don't know that that's really gotten as much uh, awareness and visibility that it should have gotten. So can you give me just like the 30,000 foot view? Like, what is it? And then like dive down and tell me what you're actually doing it with it. Okay, so Ax Dubai is uh, pretty much a, I want to say, company um, who works to promote Dubai as a city of action sports. So they try to get people interested in coming to Dubai um, because in Dubai you can actually do anything you want. And they have a lot of, they have the X line, which is like a zip line through the city. They have the human slingshot where you get like zipped into, like a strapped into a harness and the, like catapulted indoor, indoor into skiing, the air. Right? Yeah. yeah. So the indoor skiing might not be X Dubai, but I mean, they do a lot of things and it just Dubai as a, as a whole, you can like, I mean, skydiving is part of it. You can, you can do anything um, in Dubai really. And X Dubai is just a company kind of to promote the city and they, well, I was lucky enough uh, to be asked to be one of their sponsored athletes, um, which seems a little bit 
weird because I don't live in Dubai, but they basically reach out to athletes um, all over the world that they just have been following on social media maybe and found it interesting to get um, on their team and they get us out to Dubai regularly to just do fun projects. Uh, sometimes they're commercial work for like a specific part of the city because like Dubai is like always growing. So there's a new part of the city and then we do a commercial for it. Uh, when I say we, it would be Kai and me. Um, Kai, my boyfriend, he's sponsored by X Dubai as well. And it's just a really, really fun company to work with. I really couldn't ask for a better sponsor. They've been like, they sponsored me in 2016, just literally like a couple of days before Rap Blood of Motion. And what's seemed like a very, very good start for me, like I took home like best female award that year, just got sponsored by X Dubai that year. Also joined um, Storm Free One, um, the team in London here. But then got injured relatively quickly after it, like I think beginning of 2017. And Axe Dubai has been like having my back since then through all of the injury, which I think is not um, something to take for granted. Right. That speaks highly, right? Yeah. And I like really enjoy working with them. We've had fun projects that haven't always been just free running. Um, once they got me out uh, for a project where they got out Kai, me, Damien Walters, who's like a stunt performer from uh, the UK, also sponsored by X Dubai, uh, a wakeboarder and a couple of other people uh, and just got us to do things that, well, at least I normally don't do. So we jumped off Tolerance Bridge, uh, but it was like a swing, like a bridge swing, mm -hmm. which I've never done before. And it was 12 meters high up. Uh, very much out of my comfort zone. It was very kind of safe because, I mean, we had like people around, like the whole river was blocked off. There was people, safety people, divers. It's and, all rigged, right? Professionally rigged. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was still scary to do and I failed the first attempt. So I went straight into the water because I didn't hold on to the sling, like the, the handles because the force, the anchor point was actually above where we were jumping, like below where we were jumping from. So we jumped and there was like a moment of, kind of no no free, force free, yeah free fall and then the initial like impact i just couldn't hold on and i just went straight into the water um, i wasn't the only one but i was the first one who did that <laughs> so that was really fun it's like something it's definitely a memory that i i'll always have like that moment of just doing something i hadn't done before and um, i don't think you'll ever get the chance to jump off tolerance bridge other than if you get permission from the city of dubai <laughs> to do that um they've also um surprised me with my with skydiving and things like that it's just really nice things when i go to dubai that i get to do and there's a few projects coming up in the future that i'm looking forward to as well which i can't talk about uh too much yet but it's just such a fun company to be involved with and just knowing that they had my back through all of the injury and get me out to Dubai for treatment or just like I recently took part in the government games in Dubai, which is a very weird event to describe because it's unlike anything I've done before, but it, I'd describe it as a mix of um, Ninja Warrior, CrossFit, um, like my, mental like team game challenges where you just basically compete against other teams. There were six uh, women in our team and it was just a really, really fun experience. I had a whole month in Dubai of training with other athletes that weren't free runners. They were like crossfitters and just some were trail runners. So just a, a mix of different people 
and a different experience altogether than just training with free runners. So I'm very like grateful for that opportunity and very much looking forward for more projects in the future. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I love to collect stories because the type of story that people pick and how they tell the story, um, the passion and their heart comes through. And, and that's part of what I really enjoy most about this is hearing people tell their stories. So Lynn, is there a story that you'd like to share? <laughs> so I think there's a lot of little stories, um, but one that I think about sometimes and it gets me to giggle or think of myself as like having been so cute when I started parkour, uh, looking up to people um, that eventually became my friends and still are my friends. I remember looking up to um, people like Shirley and Fizz from the UK. They had a video coming out that was called Movement of Three, which funnily, I only remember the two of them in there, maybe because they are the two that I met in real life uh, as well, early on in my training. And then I was a big fan of Lucy. She was at the time, maybe the only one who put out regular videos or regularish videos. And I would look at them and I like watch them with my older sister, who was also doing parkour at the time uh, in the local gym in Innsbruck, um, just like for fun, nothing serious. She never actually got into it properly. And we watched, would watch these videos. And I don't know, it was just so out of reach. Everything Lucy was doing was just amazing. And I actually met her the first time. I mean, I say met her the first time. I saw her the first time. She did not see me when I was in America. And I was really excited. I was like, oh my God, that's Lucy. And I got to see her train a little bit, not too much because she was actually doing work. Um, uh, she worked as a stunt woman already, which I didn't know at the time. So she wasn't around all that much, but I did see her. And then I went to visit uh, Pam Forster from, um, from Vienna. Like, I don't know, a couple of years later, maybe not even a couple of years later, just maybe a year later, and trained with her. And then it just happened that Lucy was doing her Europe tour and she was in Vienna at the same time I was. So I was like, oh my God, maybe I'm getting getting to see her again. And then I actually bumped into her on the street and she hugged me and I was like, oh, hey Lynn, how are you doing? And I was just blown away that she knew my name. So that's something I, I think about. Um, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, she was actually, I mean, now we're friends and I look at her stuff. When I meet her, it's just normal. But at the time, it it wasn't really. I was like, she was such a big idol to me. And she was probably the reason why, like not the reason why I started parkour, but maybe the reason why I had goals I wanted to reach because she gave me something to be like, oh, I want to be able to do this. Not that I ever thought I could, but I was like, oh, that'd be cool. so cool if I, if I could actually do this. So yeah, that's something I like to think back. And then especially if now people maybe text me or at jams come up to me and say that maybe I'm that person for them. That makes me very happy that um, I maybe inspired someone to get into the sport or maybe just try the sport uh, in the first place. So, And of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice. So I'd say patience is the first word that comes into my mind after two years of struggling with an injury. I did learn how to be patient. I had no choice. Then I would say passion i'm very passionate about what i do i do believe that if you're not passionate about something it's impossible to stick with it and do a good job i think you only do a good job if you actually do it with heart um so i think i'm very passionate about what i do and the third thing how would i describe my practice i would say it's very social even though i'm a very individual person and i do like my quiet i think my practice most of the time is very social i come like i 
just when I think about training, it usually comes with thinking about hanging out with people that I really like. Um, so even on days I don't train, I still join their practice maybe <laughs> to hang out. And it's just nice. It's just my, my pretty much my whole life uh, evolves around movement. And I'm very happy that that's the way it is. Thank you very much, Lynn. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. This was episode 47. For more information, go to moversmindset.com slash 47. And there's more to the Movers Mindset Project than just this podcast. Visit our website for more free content, to sign up for our newsletter, or to join the Movers Mindset community. Thanks for listening.